Well, welcome back, church, to our little midweek devotional. What comes to your mind when you think about God? And of course, that comes out of A.W. Tozer's great statement. What comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And so we have, for the last uh, few weeks, been looking at the attributes of God, what our God is like and how they relate to how the attributes of God relate to our lives week by week, day by day here in this world. We've studied uh, the self-existence of God. That's where we started, that he has life in himself. We studied that God is infinite and eternal. Push into the past as far as you want, go into the future as far as you want, and God is there. Today we're looking at something different. We're going to look at what theologians call God's immutability, which, which simply means his unchangingness. God is more than just eternal, always existing. He's eternally the same. He's eternally consistent. So it's not just that he's eternal in nature, but that he's dependable. He's reliable. He is unchanging. Doesn't just always exist, but he is always the same in his nature. Now, that simply isn't true of us. Not only are we not eternal, but even while we live, our natures, our lives are in this constant state of flux and change. Our bodies lose strength. Our minds can grow dull. Our senses can diminish. So not only are we not eternal, but even in the time that we're given, the time really affects our lives. It brings change into our lives in so many ways. Children are immature. Sometimes teenagers can be impulsive. And we've all seen the odd time where even as we age, we can get a little more rigid, a little more grumpy. So we say things that we regret we have to eat our words sometimes. Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Healthy people get sick. Young people get old. Foolish people can become wise. Wise people can become senile. Rich people can become poor. On and on it goes. The, you know, the circle of life is only a beautiful song in the musical. It's a painful reality that we all face, the kind of changes that time brings into our lives. Now, into this pool of human flux and change, enter, enter the unchanging God. See, for me, change is inevitable. For God... Change is impossible. That's the difference between the creator and the creature. A.W. Tozer said it this way. Neither the creature is fixed nor his world, but he and it are in a constant flux. Each one appears for a little while to laugh, to weep, to work, to play, and then go on to make room for those who will follow in the same never-ending cycle. Now, it's against the background of this changeability that God's immutability, God's unchangingness, it shines so beautifully. There are texts in the Bible that are 
to stare at them and think about them. It's kind of like trying to stare at the end of your nose. You, you just get fuzzy trying to do it. Here are some great words from Psalm 102, 25 to 28. If you have a Bible, look at, look at these verses. Psalm 102, 25 to 28. Of old, you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish. That is the earth and the heavens. They will perish. But you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. That's quite a picture. You will change them like a robe. And they will pass away. But you, you are the same. And your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. And the verse I want you to look at is that 27th verse. But you are the same and your years have no end. My point here is that verse announces two concepts, not just one. So the second one, your years have no end. That's God's endless eternal nature, which we've studied. But the first, you are the same. That signals God's unchangeability. He's always the same. He's always consistent. Now, there are some people who don't like that doctrine. They're called open theists. You don't need to worry about that. But they don't celebrate God's unchangeability. They, they fear making God too statue-like, unfeeling, like a, like a stone unchanging. But, but that's not the way the Bible pictures God's unchangeability. God isn't unchanging like a rock is unchanging. He's unchanging in, in, a, in a beautiful way, in a living way rather than a static way. So what I mean is God is consistently faithful in an unchanging way. He's consistently loving in an unchanging way. He's consistently holy in an unchanging way. He's constantly wrathful against sin. So when we say God is unchanging, we don't mean he's like a statue. We mean he is constantly true to his own character. Constantly like himself. Consistently like himself. It's, it's the kind of thing that's celebrated in Deuteronomy 32, 3 and 4. For I will proclaim the name of the Lord... Ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. Okay, there it is. His work is perfect. All his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. A, a, a good indication of your spiritual health is the degree to which you understand and start to savor the immutability, the unchangingness of God. You see it in some of the old hymns when you think about it. Henry F. Light in his classic hymn, Abide With Me, he wrote these words. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim. Its glories fade away. Change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. 
Or here's words you know for sure. Thomas Chisholm in Great is Thy Faithfulness wrote, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. This is the way people have always viewed the unchanging, faithful character of our God. And what I want to do, I have five thoughts. Don't worry, not doing five tonight. Five thoughts on the unchangingness of God. And I'm just going to do one. Those of you that attend CDV regularly, you'll recognize this as kind of a Horbin point. I should have made it shorter. Point number one. Because the reach of God's grace is created by his unchanging revelation in Jesus Christ, rather than the reward of our merit, there is high and solid hope for salvation for everyone. That's not a sermon. That's just the point. I I get that idea, and let me explain it a little bit as we wrap up. Hebrews 7.25 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost. Those who draw near to God through him, that is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way God saves anybody. He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And the phrase I like is that save to the uttermost. I like it because I'm in that group. If if God's mercy to me hinge somehow on my merit, my ability to consistently perform well, my ability to to, uh, make my life clean and appealing outwardly so that God would love me and save me and draw near to me. If that's what it relies on, I'm in big trouble. But if there's this unchanging, that's it, this unchanging love and mercy, if his nature will outlast the rise and fall of a million Mount Everests, if it just doesn't change, There's something I can bank on. There's something I can rely on. He's able to save to the uttermost. Let me just, let me close with one important thought. It is very easy. So so here we are, we're sitting here and we're studying. It's theology. We're studying the immutability of God. And it's easy to think, great, I live in Newmarket or Keswick or wherever, and I I face this every day. How does this relate to me? There's a very common mistake that we all tend to make, and it's this. I, I can measure, here's why the immutability of God matters. I can measure my relationship with God at times more by the way I feel about him than the way he feels about me. And here's the problem with that. I am, I, I change a lot. My moods change. The things I'm happy about change. The things I fear change. My circumstances change. The degree of stress or pressure changes. Joy, sorrow, uh, fear, anxiety. All these things are in this constant state of flux in all of our lives. And it's very easy to measure your Christian life by the changing states of your own heart. 
And if at those times you can stop and say, the thing that matters most, I do love the Lord and I want to follow him as best I can. And my strongest moments are still weak. But if I can learn to rely on his unchanging commitment to me rather than my fluctuating one toward him, it puts something a lot more solid as a foundation. In the, down in the basement of my Christian life, there it is. God's unchangingness, his unchanging faithfulness, his unchanging commitment to redeem all who come repentantly in faith to Jesus Christ. That will never, ever change. And, and what it does is it gives me, it gives me something solid to rely on. It's not my positive thinking. It's not measuring my faith. It's not some psychological manipulation that can happen where I, I, I feel closer to God or farther from God. Those things will always be there. But what I build my life on is, O thou who changest not, abide with me. And you can bank on that until you see Jesus again face to face. Next week, four more. We'll look at four more traits of the unchangingness of God and how it affects our lives. Let's pray. We're grateful for your word. Where would we learn this? Where would we learn this with certainty if we didn't have your word? A word from God. Who could we trust more as to what God is like than to hear from God himself. And so help us, help us for the rest of this week just to digest this truth that your commitment to us is rooted in your unchanging character, your unending faithfulness, and the solid work you have done through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Join us Sunday, 10 o'clock Sunday morning, 6.30 Sunday night, and love one another.